How's everybody doing? High Desert Word Center. Amen. Good to see everybody on a Wednesday night. The countdown is on. We are so close to Christmas being here. So uh, we welcome everybody. Welcome everybody watching and joining us online. Thank you for doing that. Want to go over a couple of quick announcements. First of all, uh, the Christmas service is this coming Sunday. And so uh, we're going to do our best to... Uh, Make it an awesome, awesome time. Uh, we're going to have gifts for all the kids. And so what we'll do is we'll have some tables set up outside and uh, people can grab their gifts for their kids on the way out the door to their cars. And we want to make sure that they are blessed and having an awesome Christmas. We don't want them to miss out this year. We're going to make sure that they don't. And also, uh, we have a very giant, wonderful surprise uh, that we've never been able to do before. And uh, I'm one of those guys, like, I will do my best to keep a Christmas secret until Christmas Day. So you ain't getting any hints, except that it's epic and huge and wonderful. And so it'll be uh, this Sunday. We've got some Something uh, that uh, we're very excited to be able to do uh, to bless your life for those that can be with us. And anyway, I'm just I'm I'm super excited about it. It's going to be awesome, right? Um, I want to remind everybody that we are, uh, you know, kind of tightening up on some of our, uh, you know, uh, health standards and regulations, uh, and so we're just trying to to do our best. Because uh, we know that the local community has experienced a little bit of a surge, obviously. Uh, this, the community of Barstow has. And we want to do our best to help out with that and still, you know, uh, have church right here in the building. So anyway, and hey, that's it. We're, we're, we're being obedient and faithful to God. So we're just asking that uh, if you're uh, walking around the building to, you know, grab a mask and put it on. If you're sitting in your seat listening to the word, then hey, you know, that's your little bubble. The rows are already spaced well enough that you're good there. And uh, we're asking, you know, I know a lot of you guys like to hug. Uh, and so, you know, pause the hugs for a minute. Now, for some people, if you're not a hugger, this has been your moment. You've been waiting for this. Renee, has. So this is her time. She is shining. She is dominating. That's, that She's never done better in her life. So. <laughs> So anyway, and even look, she's even distanced from her husband by a good 14 chairs. That's incredible. Look at that. I've never seen social distancing like this, and they're married. So it's incredible. Wow. These guys, they're, they're way ahead of the game. So good job, guys. Good job, Browns. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, no hugging at the moment and all that fun stuff. And kind of after service, we're kind of making our way out the doors a little bit quicker so we aren't hanging out for so long. And we're going to get through this season, praise God. But we are healed, healthy, and whole. And man, pastor is bringing a dynamite word about healing tonight. And you got to realize that you don't go to a church where we're scrambling to find a bunch of healing scriptures because we've never studied this before. Man, this is what we have lived and breathed and taught and lived for, for, I mean, our entire lives. We aren't, we aren't playing catch up on healing verses right now and healing teaching. This is what we do. And so my dad, uh, I, I just tell you now, this man is a master teacher at teaching and preaching about healing. No doubt. And it's not just, you know, the proof's in the pudding. The fruit is there. We've seen so many healings and, and testimonies. So, uh, I mean, it's, hey, the, action, it, the actions speak louder than words, and it's absolutely awesome. So you are blessed. We're going to be hearing some healing word tonight. And you're like, well, hey, I'm, I'm totally good. The, the, the time to, to learn about healing isn't after you're sick already. It's before something ever comes to you. Amen. And so you want to lay the, it's a lot easier to lay a good foundation when uh, you don't already have a flood on your hands, right? It's hard to lay concrete uh, in, in, in standing water. So you want to be ready before anything ever happens. Amen. So anyway, I'm excited about that. And I've just been reading and studying healing verses. I'm ready to go pray for some people. I'm ready to preach some healing. I am ready. And we were born for such a time as this. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So praise God. Well, anyway, Christmas coming up. The candlelight service will be Christmas Eve, six o'clock for about a half an hour or so. Going to sing some songs, light some candles, and it's going to be awesome. Amen. And then you're going to go home and watch It's a Wonderful Life in black and white. You will not watch it in color. Do you hear me? All right. Very good. Well, with all that, you know, that, other than that, that's all the rules I've got. So uh, let's go ahead and have pastor come on up because who knows what time it is. It is happy time, and God absolutely loves a cheerful giver. Amen?
3. Malachi chapter 3. There we go. Can, can you hear me now? All right. They're all going to hear me pretty soon. Did you ever hear that before? <laughs> Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 3. And Malachi chapter 3 is probably at the top of my list for healing scriptures. Malachi chapter 3 is what I stood on when my son, Pastor Dave, had leukemia. Malachi chapter 3 is what I stood on when I had cancer. And I just really highly encourage you as we look at some of these uh, verses and words of God in Malachi chapter 3, that you just, just don't be a hearer, but be a doer, because this is part of your covenant with God, and this is part of the way that you participate with the covenant to receive the blessings. Verse 10, he said, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And you know, I know the times we live in, it's kind of hard to do some bring ye because of all the things going on. But when churches are open again and everybody's able to come and do what they do, God wants you to personally show up to present your tithe to Him at His holy altar. And there's several reasons for that. God wants you in His house. You come in His house, you get, you get around His anointing. You get around anointed people. You hear the anointed word of God. The gifts of the Spirit can begin to flow towards your life. And so God wants you to bring the tithe in as much as you can. That there may be meat in my house and prove me now here with, saith the Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts is actually the Lord of battles. God wants to fight your battles for you. He said, prove me now. If I not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And so, for healing scriptures, uh, cancer is a devourer, tried to kill my son, tried to kill me, and God rebuked the devourer for our sakes. And God will rebuke the, rebuke the devourer for you for COVID or anything else if you participate with the covenant. He said, when you prove him with your tithe, then the windows of heaven are open on you. You live under the blessings of God. And then I want you to just jump down to verse 12. And because of God's blessing on your life, God said, all nations, and what are nations made up of? They're made up of people. And so your little nation around you, that's your community you live in. That's the people you work with. That's your family. All the people around you says, 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 says they, they'll call you blessed for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. And so God wants people to look at you and see there's something different. He wants to see the blessing of God on your life. And you know, the, everybody saved and unsaved alike goes through battles. We're all hit with things in life. There's a difference. We can handle those things with our faith in the Word of God. We can handle what comes against us. And the world's a basket case. They don't know what to do. But we know what to do. And so we've always got to remember there's not just one side to the blessing. There's the God part and there's the man part. God said, you break the tithe. God said, I'll rebuke. He said, I'll bless. He said, people see my blessing on you. And the good thing about that is when people see the blessing of God on your life, that kind of just causes them to go silent and want to hear, why are you blessed and I'm not? That opens up the door. So God wants you to be able to speak about him to other people. Amen. And so one of my favorite verses on tithing is Malachi chapter 3. Because I'll tell you one thing, if anything knocks on my door that I don't like, I want to be able to answer it with the Word of God and see it please seven ways. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's say our financial faith confession. We'll present our tithes and offerings to God. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, and income. Turns, turns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, being all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give just to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Woo! Let's all just stand up for worship. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of all of our praises.
long for you Cause when we see you We find strength to face the day In your presence All our fears are washed away Washed away Hosanna Hosanna You are the God who saves us You're worthy of all our praises Hosanna Hosanna Come have your way among us Welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Hear the sound of hearts returning to you. We turn to you. In your kingdom. All our fears are washed away, washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, you're worthy of all our praises.
told you from the day I met you back in 1980, because I know you're real, I'm willing to go anywhere, I'm willing to do anything, be anything you want me to be just so you use me. And Father, I just want to thank you that you're using me in these times we live in to be able to influence people, to keep on following you, not to focus on the circumstances, but to focus on the one that's over the circumstances. And Lord, I want to thank you that your word says that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. You haven't given us the spirit of fear, but power to love and of a sound mind. And Lord, you also said, whatsoever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus is the name that's above all names. You said that everything's got to bow its knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Lord, I want to thank you that tonight people watching us on the internet and people in the service, they're going to receive hope, they're going to receive faith, they're going to get answers, and they're going to be victorious over everything that life throws at them. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, you can be seated. And sometime in the near future, I'll say give your neighbor a high five, but until that time, I'll say give your neighbor an air five. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to be teaching about what you believe is what you will receive. What you believe is what you will receive. But uh, I, got, I got something uh, fresh as I came, came through the door talking to people. I thought, man, I'm going to just talk about that for just a minute. Open up your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1. Amen. I'm going to look at verse 6 through 8. This is not the message, but it is a message for you. Here's a message for you. How many have heard over and over and over again, so-and-so tested positive, so-and-so tested positive, so-and-so is waiting on the answer, waiting on the answer, waiting on results, waiting on results. Well, as I walked through the door tonight, I wasn't really thinking about it, but everybody I saw, I said, hey, I tested positive. And I actually, I saw a few, few mouths start to drop, and I said, I tested positive for faith. I tested positive for faith. And so I said that so many times I got to thinking about thought people need to hear this. So I came back to my seat and I thought about several verses that were pertained to this. But I particularly thought about this right here because this kind of seems to be pertinent to the season we're living in. Verse 6 of 1 Peter chapter 1 says, Wherein you greatly rejoice. 
It's time to have some great rejoicing because of how good God is. Though now for a season, how many know that the plague is for a season? Amen. All the closed restaurants, schools, churches, everything else is closed. That's just for a season. He said, you greatly rejoice so now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness. You are in heaviness. And uh, Greek says you're distressed through manifold temptations. Well, I don't know about you, but stress has tried to hit me, but I refuse to let it in. It's been knocking at the door for months and months and months. People have been distressed through all these temptations. Now look at this, that the trial or the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perishes. Talk about faith, though it be tested with fire. And what do they do with COVID? They test it. So what's the Bible say about your faith? It's tested. How many feel sometimes lately that they've been tested with a little fire? People around you have been tested. And so it says, tested with fire, but it might be found unto praise and honor and glory. That sounds positive to me. Amen. I give praise and honor and glory to Jesus. I'm tested positive. How about you? Are you still giving praise and honor and glory to Jesus? Are you going to stay in the distress state? Amen. I'm tested positive. At the period of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. How many here have not seen Jesus, but you love Jesus anyway? Amen. Amen. Well, you're testing positive. Glory to God. It having not seen, you love, in whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so I do rejoice every day. I laugh, I sing, I praise, and so I can tell you with a very, very sincere heart, I have tested positive for faith in Jesus that I don't see. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Because I've tested positive in faith in Jesus, everything else is going to be negative in my life because that positive is going to cancel out the negative. Amen. That means depression, COVID, flu, colds, colds, lack, anything else, faith will overcome. Amen. And so I got a suggestion for you. Instead of start focusing so much on the test, start focusing on the test and just let everybody know I'm testing positive for faith. And when they say, how do you, well, how do you know that? Say, well, I'm doing what the Bible says. I'm rejoicing with glory unspeakable, full of glory. I'm loving Jesus who I can't see. And so therefore, according to the Bible, I've tested positive. Amen. I tell you what, you guys got to shout for about a whole lot more people that's not here, but uh, there are real people out here, right? Amen. Amen. So one more time, let everybody know you're shot, you're tested positive for faith. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I want to look at Job chapter three. This will really build your faith. How many know that Job was a mighty man of faith? After all he went through, man, he ended up with a whole lot more at the end than he did at the beginning. But anyway, Job chapter 3, verse 25. And for your notes, I want to remind you again, we're talking about what you believe is what you will receive. Job chapter 3, verse 25. Job said this, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. Well, how many know the fear is the opposite of faith? He said he had great fear. The thing which I have greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Do you know there's a lot of people, Christians included right now, that have great fear of COVID? And you know that the thing they're afraid of, they can draw to them? That's the way it works in the spiritual arena. And so anyway, in the times we live in, As Bible-believing, born-again Christians, we must keep our shield of faith up every day. That's in Ephesians chapter 6, talks about the spiritual armor. One of our armors is the shield of faith. And then Ephesians chapter 6 says the shield of faith is to quench every fiery dart of the wicked ones. Amen. We're to cast down thoughts and imaginations at everything that comes from the devil against our minds 
and it gets our believing. And so we've got to keep our shield of faith up every day. We've got to guard against fear overcoming our faith. I want to say that again. I'm not sure you heard me. We must guard against fear overcoming our faith. There is fear in the atmosphere. Amen. It's, it's a spiritual thing. You can't see it like you can see physical things, but you can sense it. You can sense when somebody has faith. You can sense when somebody has fear. You know, I know that when I went through all the cancer stuff, I never had doubts of fear. Because I, I, I'm so strongly, strongly, strongly filled up the Word of God on divine healing and how Jesus does things that my physical body may have been racked and knocked over, but my heart was full of faith that I came right through it because I wasn't greatly feared. I was greatly faithed. And we'll talk about that in a minute. And so we've got, we've got to guard against fear overcoming our faith in Jesus and His holy written Word. If your faith is going to be great in Jesus, your faith's got to be great in His Word. You've got to know what his word says. And so I want you to notice Job didn't just open the door for fear, but he said the thing which I greatly feared. He took it to the next level. The thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. And so as believers, we know, or at least we should know, that faith is a spiritual force. Faith is a spiritual force. Faith moves mountains. Amen. Faith. Gets people delivered from alcohol, dope, addictions. Faith will get you delivered because of spiritual force, and it grows stronger as we regularly sit under good Bible teaching and also develop the spiritual discipline. What's that again? Not just good Bible teaching. We've got to develop good spiritual discipline to study and meditate in God's Word as often as we can. You know, I know with life sometimes you can't get legalistic to where you got to sit down every day and study the Word of God for an hour or whatever, but you got to have a regular habit set up to where you get busy with life and miss two or three days or maybe more sometimes. You got to know, man, I got to get back to the Word. I got to get to the Word. You've got to crave the Word like that, like that old uh, potato chip commercial used to be, craving lace potato chips. I crave it. Got to have potato chips. You got to have, I've, I've been that way. That was bred into me as a new Christian back in 1980 that the Word of God was what my wife was, life was to revolve around and wasn't supposed to try to work the Word into my life, but my life worked with the Word every day of my life. And so that's the way I've lived for almost 41 years now. And so you've got to develop that spiritual discipline to study and meditate in God's Word, and especially, now listen to this, especially for whatever season you're in, the passages that pertain to what you're going through at the time. If you're having family trouble in your marriage, husband, you better read the Bible about how you're supposed to treat your wife. Amen. And wife, you better learn how to treat your husband. And parents, if you're having family trouble with your children, you better learn how parents are supposed to be the ones that love, correct, and train the children from the Bible. Whatever season you're in, that's where you need to be studying. If you're not having financial trouble, but you're being hit with your health, then you better study healing. But if your health's doing good, you're having financial trouble, jobs trouble, you better start studying some money scriptures. So what I'm saying is this. Since faith is a spiritual force, it's more than just having a a Bible thing. You just read through the Bible in a year. If you get camped out on just two or three verses for a year, because that's what you need to win, that's the two or three you better look at every day. Better put them on your refrigerator. Better put them on your screensaver. You better put them on cards. You better put them on the wall that where you, you, you look when you're getting ready for work or whatever you're doing. So all the time you keep that word in front of your face there. And that's how you develop your faith. You've got to keep the word of God, not just checking off check marks. I read 15 chapters today. Cause what good is that going to do you if you lose? You need to get those verses. And so you need to develop that, you need to develop that discipline to become a serious student of the word of God. And so, what did Job greatly fear? He said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. Well, what did he greatly fear? A lot of people today, we know what they're greatly fearing. They're greatly fearing that, can I pick up my grandchild? Is my grandchild a carrier? Well, can I kiss my grandma on the cheek? Is she a carrier? Am I going to give it to her? There's a lot of great fear out there, a lot of things. Well, can I do this? Can I do that? There's a lot of great fear. But look at Job chapter 1, verse 5. 
Because Job said the thing he greatly feared had come upon him. And so I want you, I want you to skip down through that verse a little ways just to see this. See where it says, all for Job said, about the last third of that verse, Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. And so Job was so worried about his family sinning against God, his whole life revolved around worry, 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 worry about his kids. Worry about his kids. And so Job was a worry wart. He lived in constant fear of what if. And that's the whole point of what to get out of this whole thing right here about the great fear. Instead of him focusing on the positive side, what if my kids serve God? What if my kids go the right way? What if God has mercy on my family? What if I'm doing my part and what I can't do, God's doing for me. God's working in it. But see, this is the point I'm getting to. Job said, what I've greatly feared is open doors. Amen. And so it said, Job said continually, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And so, you know, I think about people today. What if I get it? What if they've got it? What are we going to do? 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 I like something I learned off Brother Hagen. That's real simple. But it's helped me through so many crises. Just something real simple. When Brother Hagen was a pastor, he didn't pastor, I think, what, 11 years, something like that, 13 years. Most of the time, he was a, he was a traveling Bible teacher and a prophet of God. But Brother Hagen said well, he was a pastor at churches would go through problems. They had deacon boards, so they, they kind of controlled things. And they, they'd, be all, they'd be all worried because they had financial trouble. They'd be all worried because there was problems in the church. And they'd call a special deacons meeting. And they'd call Brother Hagin in. And they'd be getting ulcers. They'd be so upset. They'd say, Brother Hagin, Brother Hagin, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He said, I'd just smile and say, let's just act like the Bible's true. He said every time he said that, one by one, they'd all, you see their faces start changing, they'd all break out in a little smile. Well, you're right, brother, I think it is true. Why don't we as Christians, for the time we live in, act like Mark 16 is true? Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Taught that last Wednesday night. Why don't we act like James 5, 14 and 15 is true? Is there any sick among you? Call for the elders of church. Anoint them with all the name of the Lord. And the Lord could heal everything except COVID. Well, that's what Christians act like, too many of them. Well, God didn't know about COVID. Well, Deuteronomy 28, 61 says he did. He says that every sickness and every disease, even if the Bible doesn't name them by name, he says they're a curse. At Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, says Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse. And so part of the curse is every sickness and every disease in Deuteronomy 28, 61. So if he's redeemed from us, God knew about COVID before man did. And he already made provision. So why don't we act like the Bible's true? Amen. Amen. Do a better preacher than you are shouting. That's anyway, there's too many believers today focusing on all the bad news and allowing the bad news to overcome their faith. I don't know about you, but uh, Mrs. Pastor and I were talking today. We heard about somebody had some kind of COVID thing did to him. And she said, well, I never heard about that. That thing happened. I said, I didn't do it either because I haven't watched the news about it for two months. I already know what the problem is. COVID's a problem. And so why study the problem if I know what the answer is? I'm going to focus on the answer. I know what the answer is. I'm going to love people. I'm going to love God. I'm going to speak His Word. I'm going to tithe. Amen. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to speak out of my mouth what I know I'm supposed to speak, and I am going to obey what I know to obey in the natural. I'll tell you what, I have become as good a hand washer as anybody there is on this planet. Man, I started practicing down in Peru. Do you remember I was in Peru when this started, and I was quarantined in Peru? Man, I, believe me, I was washing my hands down there, and I was in that jungle. I was washing my hands. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I've become a better mask wearer than any hold-up man. Amen. I know how to wear a mask. I know how to wash my hands. 
I know how well I get in the store to stand back. I don't need the footprints. <laughs> Amen. It's not fear. It's wisdom. I'm going to do what's right. But when I got diagnosed with cancer, I told this congregation many times that the doctors and the medical science and things to do with me are not my first line of defense. I said my first line of defense is the Word of God. And I said my first line of defense, uh, of defense is, is the Word of God. I'm going to attack it with the Word. I'm going to defend myself from it with the Word. That's what I'm going to do. But I went through chemotherapy. I went through all the treatments. But I wasn't looking at that to be my final answer. I was looking to Jesus. And so if the thing's going on right now, what I'm telling you is this. You've got to keep your eyes focused on the good news or that bad news will overcome it. How many know the Bible says that our faith overcomes the world? Amen. First John chapter 5 says that. And so anyway, you can't let the, the bad news overcome the good news because if you do, you're not going to be able to bring healing and health to your loved ones and probably not yourself. And so we've got to learn how to focus on what Jesus says. And I want to always make sure I say this so everybody will know it, that faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. Faith recognizes there's something out there that's not good, and faith says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Faith says, in the name of Jesus, this has to turn around. In the name of Jesus, this has to change. And that's why, well, as a matter of fact, on my, on my doctor, I went for my last checkup, and when I was going through all the stuff there, when all was said and done, said, you'll always have a compromised immune system. You have to watch everything. And so I didn't, I didn't receive that. I heard it. I acknowledged what she said, but I said, Jesus, I want to thank you that you said lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, so my immune system get better every day, every day, every day. Last time I was there, normal, 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 normal. Well, that wasn't the way it was supposed to be, but that's the natural side. But the God side says they shall recover. He never said they shall recover 60%. He never said they shall recover 80%. Recover means recover. Amen. And so anyway, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 8. We looked at some things there last week. But tonight we're going to look at it a little stronger. Keep it in mind that Job said he greatly feared. And so I know that for me, the way I look at the Word of God is that if you can greatly fear, then you can greatly faith. I want to say that again. If you can have great fear, then you can have great faith. And this, this chapter proves that out. I want you to look at verse 10. We're going to look in the middle of this that I'm going to be teaching quite a bit out of this as we wrap up this tonight. But look at verse 10. It says, When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so what? Great faith. Great faith. Job had great fear. And Jesus said there's something called great faith. He said, I've not seen any. No, not in Israel. And, you know, I think about faith, and I, so many verses I was thinking of night when I just sit there in my seat thinking about testing positive for faith. Man, faith is such a very real thing in the spiritual world. And we, although we live in this natural world, I've said this pretty much all my ministry life, we're navigating in two worlds at the same time. All our physical body is, this is just the vessel, the earth that carries us through this earth, but the real is, every, every time a person dies, that body, you're going to be cremated, buried, or something's going to happen to it, but the person didn't die, the body did. And then the spirit comes out, and I was looking at Luke 18 a while ago, thinking about the test of positive for faith, and Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And every time I read that, I pretty much, every time I say, Jesus... You'll find faith in my life. You're going to find faith right here, Jesus. And so you can see faith or you can see fear in everybody's actions every day because there's no neutral. There's no neutral. You don't just coast through life because there's a spiritual warfare going on. You live in an earth suit and your earth suit has weaknesses. You got a mind and your mind is challenged every day. And then you got demon spirits that's trying to attack your earth suit, attack your mind, and cause havoc around you. And so that's going on. 
You either yield to those things or you can speak the word of God and make choices and decisions like the word of God. And when you do, Jesus calls that faith. And so people will see you're either a faith person or a fear person. You're not neutral. If there wasn't any devil involved, you might be able to be a little more neutral. But the devil looks for an opening. He looks for your guard to come down. And so there's no, there's no such thing as being a Mr. Nice when it comes to demon spirits. Amen. 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 And so anyway, Jesus said right here, I've not seen so great faith. And I, I, want, I want to skip down to verse 13. And then after that, I'm going to go through this and break it apart a little bit and show you what's going on here. And, and Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And a servant was healed in the selfsame hour. And so Jesus said, This man's great faith and how he believed brought healing to his servant. And so I like to say it this way. What you believe is what you will receive. Job received what he believed. He said, I've got great fear. And he said, the thing I've greatly feared, it happened. And then this centurion here, Jesus said, I see this man's great faith. And then he told him, what you had great faith for, it happened. His servant got healed. Well, I'll tell you what, we can go home on that right there. Amen. What you believe. And, you know, I just, I just want to give you a clue. I learned this a long time ago. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus taught about from the abundance of the heart, the words out of our mouth, from our spiritual treasure in our heart. He said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so I could be with any individual in the whole world. You, you give me, I, I'll say, at the most 15 minutes, where I'll stay silent and let them talk, I'll tell you what they really believe. You know, too many people today, one of the first things out of their mouth is this. Oh, I'm just afraid we're going to get it. Well, I say, you and Mr. Job's in the same book. You know what I would say if somebody said that to me? I, say, I would say, I'm just a faith. It can't touch me. And then you could say, me and the centurion, we're in the same book. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Amen. Amen. We're talking about the Bible, and faith cometh by hearing, hearing by what? The Word of God. And so now, so what Jesus said is it's possible to have great faith in Him and His Word and believe for the best. When you've got great faith in Jesus and His Word, you always believe for the best. Now, okay, let's go back up to verse 5, and I'm kind of going to walk through this. Jesus here is teaching a very simple lesson on faith and healing. And I actually got a hold of this back in 1981. I was down at John Osteen's church at a man named Norval Hayes. I don't know how many people heard of Norval Hayes, but Norval Hayes taught this that day. And it jumped off these pages into my heart. And this principles and this little teaching right here has carried me through test after test after test, hit after hit. It's helped me and my family overcome every sickness and every disease that's ever come around my house, every time. And so anyway, as we look at this, it says, And when Jesus was entered to Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, that's a Roman That's a Roman army officer, beseeching him. And the man said this, Lord, my servant lieth at home silk, sick of the palsy, means he was paralyzed, said he's grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Jesus said, oh, hey, I want to let you know that you might be a Roman, and I'm here for the Jews, but I want to heal anybody. So he said, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion answered, and here's what I want you to see, why Jesus could say this man had great faith. And so if this man could have great faith, Jesus could say, you have great faith, if you did what this man did. As the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof but speak the word only. Speak the word only. If you don't know what to say, don't speak. Amen. Speak the word only. And my servant shall be killed. Oh, 
That's religious translation. Amen. My Bible says, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Now do you remember that Jesus told this man in verse 11, as you believed, so be it done unto you. What did the man believe? My servant shall be healed because of the word. My servant shall be healed. And then verse 9, you've got to get this, you church hoppers. You casual attenders. You could have church just as easy in the park at home as anybody else can. Well, you might have a good time fooling yourself, but the Bible says that you don't forsake the symbol of the saints. It says bring the tithe into the storehouse. It says come to my altar. It says a lot of things about it. But anyway, he says, I'm a man under authority. Christians, you need to be under authority. It says, I'm a man under authority. And Jesus said he had great faith. He said, have his soldiers under me. He said, because I'm under authority, I know how to exercise my authority. Have his soldiers under me. So that means he had authority over them. He said, I say to this man, go, and he goeth. To another come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And so, as Jesus then proceeded to say, I call that great faith. Well, two things. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. That's part of what caused Jesus to say the man has great faith. But then the man said, I'm under authority. And I know how to exercise authority. That's been given to me. What did Jesus tell us of believers in Mark 16? In Matthew 28, he said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore. In my name you lay hands on the sick and shall recover. Speak to the mountain in my name, and it shall be removed. Jesus gave us, we talked about last week, power of attorney. This man said, I know how to use authority. And so in 21st century English, and this is my paraphrase, here's what the man said, what I see, and what Jesus heard. Get a hold of this. The man said, uh, Jesus said, I've heard and seen the authority that God has given you over sickness and disease. Centurion said, I've seen and I've heard the authority that God's given you over sickness and disease and demons, and I know that spiritual things are real. And I'm using my paraphrase, what I'm saying. And so he said, because of that, all you have to do, because there's no time or distance in the Spirit, you don't have to come to my house. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. That guy said, no, you don't have to come, because I know the authority you've got. I know how authority works. Jesus, I've seen and I've heard how demons flee, sickness leaves when you speak. So I said, you don't have to come. Just speak the word. I said, your word's got power of the spiritual realm. And Jesus said, wow. I said, I've not seen Israel have this kind of faith. This man gets it. And he got it because he understood authority. He said, I'm under authority. I've submitted because I've submitted that this government, this Roman government backs me up when I exercise authority because I've submitted to their authority. And so what that said is this. When we're submitted to the authority that God sets up the kingdom of God, our authority will work at a much higher level. I said, church hoppers, listen. Amen. So just speak your word, this man said. I paraphrased. He said, so just speak your word, Jesus, of deliverance and healing over my servant and his condition. And here's what I believe will happen. My servant shall be healed. Amen. Amen. Do you see that in this teaching right here? Job said, I greatly fear. Jesus said, because this man said, just speak the word. And because of the authority behind that word, my servant shall be healed. And Jesus said, wow, I've never seen faith like this before. What do we teach in this church all the time about speaking the word of God? Speak the word of God. If you can't speak the word, shut up. If you can't speak the word, don't talk. Amen. You know, I know that uh, I'm going to keep on looking at this, but I just want to say one thing. Through the circumstances of life, I've learned how to be able to talk 
in front of people that are non-Christians, if I come across a religious, they think I'm an absolute, absolute goofball. And by that I mean this. When David had leukemia in the hospital, I had to deal with different insurance people. I had to deal with medical people. And I've seen Looney Tunes go to those places, try to get the hospital healed and saved. Well, I had one goal when he had leukemia he was crippled. My one goal was this. I'm bringing him out here healed and walking. I'm not out here to save the doctors. I'm not out here to save all these janitors and people walking up down the hallways. I got one goal. I'm not out here to preach. I'm out here to get him healed. And so I knew that if I talked goofy, because I'd been, I'd been in enough hospitals as a, as a, belie- as a believer praying for people seeing things, you get religious nuts come in there, man, they all, they all, they all got to talk around the whole hospital. Watch out. Here comes that religious nut. And when that happens, they write you off. You can't talk to them. And so when I had to deal with people, they would always say, now your son has uh, whatever it was called, some kind of a name, leukemia. And uh, the Lord told me, always answer this, he was diagnosed with. He was diagnosed with it, but we laid hands on him. And then when we had the elders of our church anoint him, pray the prayer of faith, as far as I'm concerned, healing power of God killed that cancer. But I couldn't tell them, oh, no, don't you say that. No, I could say he was diagnosed with it. That way, that didn't even catch their attention. They'd be filled out insurance papers, medical papers, referred to another doctor or something. And all I would ever say, I wouldn't say, oh, no, don't say that. Don't confess that. I said he was diagnosed with leukemia. I said that because that was a fact. But I couldn't, I wasn't set up to preach that. Tell, but I'll tell you what, God healed him. Two weeks later, their blood test showed that God healed him. Amen. But you have to know how to talk. You have to know what to say. Amen. Amen or oh me. Amen. It says, my servant shall be healed. And so in verse 13 then, I want you to notice this. He said, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Did you notice that Jesus never spoke anything except, I will come and heal him? The centurion said, as you believed. So Jesus never went to heal him. All Jesus said is, as you have believed. What did he believe? Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Well, Centurion's the one that said, he's the one that spoke the word. He said, my servant shall be healed. And so Jesus said, as you have believed. And so that's what I want to tell you. Jesus is saying to you, what do you believe? What I believe is this, COVID will never touch my house. It's not going to touch my family. Amen. Amen. Tell you what, if it tries to knock on the door, if I got a cough, if I got a sniffle, if I got a back pain, I say, man, I've been down this road before. I've had pains in my life. But I'm not going to go up my mouth and meet and say, uh-oh. If my nose starts running, I'm going to go, uh-oh. I'm going to get a Kleenex and wipe my nose. I'm going to just say, thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes I was healed 2,000 years ago. And if something got a little more serious, like when I got the cancer, I had the elders anoint me. That's what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to open my mouth and say, we are greatly feared. Honey, it's Christmas by ourselves this year, no grandkids. Family can't come over. We're going to camp out by ourselves. Nobody can be around us. We're greatly feared. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's so great faith. So anyway, the centurion said, I understand authority, and I exercise authority, and I believe because of the spoken word of God, my servant shall be healed. And so, for all of you, whatever Bible verses on healing that you know, keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word only over yourself, your friends, family, community, And Jesus says this to you, you have great faith because you understand the value of the spoken word. You have great faith because you understand the authority that Jesus Christ has given you in his name. So what you believe is what you will receive. What do you believe? Listen to your mouth every day and you'll find out what you really believe. Amen. Pastor Dave. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good preaching, Amen. Pastor Dave. Hey, that's pretty good, Doug. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you what. Uh, 
we're going to be blessed in the healing, teaching, and preaching out on every possible avenue and channel that we have over the next season because it's not just for us. We want to get this out to, to the whole community, to the whole world that Jesus is our healer. He paid the price for healing and we're not afraid to preach that. We're not afraid to say that. We will say it all day long. We'll say it in cursive. We'll say it every way we can say it that Jesus is our healer by his stripes, by his wounds, we have been healed. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. Well, praise God. Let's go ahead and we'll stand up together. We'll kind of close out here in prayer. And uh, we thank everybody that tuned in online with us tonight. And just keep being faithful there. If you can't make it to a service in person, make sure you watch online. I can't say it enough. This is not the time. This is not the season to back off of church, to back off of the things of God, to, to let go of the word even for one second. You've got to stay stronger than you've ever stayed before. And we're going to make it across to the other side and all of this stuff in Jesus name. All right. Well, let me pray over you. Then we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow. Then you're going to go home and get into your warm house, right? Because it is it's getting cold out there. So let's let's pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much for the word that we've seen tonight. Matthew eight is full of healing teaching. And Lord, we refuse to be like Job was right there. We're not going to sit there living in fear and and someday have to say, the thing I always feared has finally come upon me. It's finally happened to me. No, we will live in faith every step of the way. God, I pray over everybody here, everybody watching online. Lord, we know that your angels surround and protect us everywhere we go. We thank you, Father, that we live, we breathe, we do everything in you, Lord, and we are healed, healthy, whole. We are blessed financially, Lord. Our families are absolutely blessed. Our marriages and our children and everything we do is blessed because of you. We walk in our covenant and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. All right. Don't forget to join us Sunday for the Christmas service. If you qualify, you know what I mean by all that. If you qualify to be here in person, then be here and we thank you for it. But let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over Barstow. And I am glad that we got a head start on believing the best for our city. We've been doing this for 12, almost 12 months now, and I don't regret it at all. And we are going to keep speaking the right words over Barstow. Amen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you. Sunday.